Welcome back to the Locust Grove podcast. You are listening to a special episode of our podcast. This is actually an interview with Amanda from Alongside Families, a ministry that our church is going to begin a partnership with to do respite care and crisis care for families in need. This, of course, is in response to our current sermon series, The Family of God. And this is just providing some very practical and tangible ways for you and I to be able to get involved in the front lines of this ministry, to uh, see families reunited, to see families discipled, and to see children protected and cared for by their biological mother and hopefully even their biological father. And so I hope that you enjoy this interview. I hope that it's informative and I hope that it even sparks on some more questions and some more thoughts about how you might be able to be involved so that you will join us on this Sunday at 530 in the Fellowship Hall for a time of sharing and being able to hear from Amanda in person about what's going on with Alongside Families and different ways and different levels that we can commit to being involved in this ministry. I hope that you're challenged and encouraged by this interview. All right, welcome back to the podcast. We have a very special guest again this week. Um, In complete transparency, this is actually our second try at this. Uh, I have Amanda from Alongside Families with me. We it recorded just an incredible interview last week. You'll have to take my word for it, um, but we're going to try to uh, step step it up one more notch today. We had some technical difficulty last week, and so we had to invite Amanda back this week. Amanda, thank you for being patient and, and being flexible in your schedule so that we could get some information out to the church. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. So by now, you guys have already heard a little bit about Alongside Families through some of the phone calls that uh, have been sent out through the announcements at church um, and hopefully are already interested and have some questions. And one of the reasons that I wanted to interview Amanda is, yes, maybe to answer some of those questions, but more than anything, just get you introduced to this ministry so that way you will have even more questions and will come on Sunday night. Uh, to uh, the meeting that we'll be having with Amanda, where she'll be sharing more detail and be here to answer questions in person. And so, Amanda, with that, um, could you just give us maybe uh, an overview, a big picture overview of who Alongside Families is um, and what you guys aim to do? Yeah, absolutely. So Alongside Families is a family preservation ministry we already exist in Charlotte, and we've just launched our Asheville chapter. Um, this kind of work has been going on in the United States for over 17 years, so it's not new. Um, it's just new to Buncombe County, and so we're really excited to bring it here. Uh, what we do is wraparound support for single parents, basically, who are struggling, or maybe they're in crisis, and they're about to be homeless, and they need help, or you know, maybe they need to be hospitalized, and you know, what's going to happen to their children. It's really an effort uh, to wrap around these families who are in a crisis situation so that their children don't have to enter the foster care system unnecessarily um, just because their parent has fallen on a hard time. Um, most of our parents that we serve, that we have the privilege to serve, 
are, you know, single. 85% of the parents they serve in Charlotte actually aged out of foster care themselves, and now they have their own children. And so what we're seeing is just a whole generation of adults who never grew up in a family, don't know what a family looks like, um, have experienced brokenness all around, and then they find themselves trying to be a parent in isolation. And so we feel the call to, as the church, bridge that gap for those parents and really be their community, become their family-like support, because they're just alone and <laughs> mostly floundering. So, you know, the church has a, an amazing opportunity here to make a real impact in someone's life um, and keep their this a family together. Yeah, so, I mean, this, this ministry really is about um, sort of calling out and equipping the church to, to do this sort of work, right? Absolutely. So we have... Um, you know, our staff team, we always walk alongside our volunteers in discipleship. You know, we never send anybody out alone. You know, we make sure that our volunteers feel equipped. Um, and, you know, because talking with people who come from a background of generational poverty can be daunting, you know, if you mm -hmm. don't do that in your job and you just don't have any experience. And so, you know, we're being discipled by the team in Charlotte, which has been amazing, super eye-opening and a real gift to us. And then uh, in turn, we get to disciple our volunteers and then, you know, it continues on. So I love the fact that it's on the ground ministry, making a real impact through relationship, um, because I think there's a lot of poverty alleviation efforts out there, but there are no shortcuts to gospel transformation. Relationship is really the only way that that happens. And I think the Lord did that on purpose. You know, we can give we can give handouts and we can do these other things that are obviously necessary for people who are in crisis as well. But as far as it comes, as far as, you know, expressing the gospel and bringing people to Jesus Christ, the only way is through relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. He's a, he's a relational God. And as his image bearers, we're, we're relational people, um, no doubt. So yeah, I mean, I think that sort of, sort of leads into where I want to go next for people to understand, um, I, I think that there is, in the church generally, there's an awareness that there's a need out there, um, but it's, one, we don't really see the need firsthand. Um, we don't understand the depth of the need, but then on top of that, I think when we think about meeting these needs of children who are in difficult situations, parents who are in difficult situations, we think of the extreme of the only way to get involved is adoption and or foster care, which no doubt we need more good Christian foster parents and we need more good Christian uh, parents to adopt than what we have. But I think alongside families is this, this really helpful intervention role um, to keep it from even getting to that point with families. And so um, it's something that I know we refer to as respite care, which is, I mean, that's really what your ministry is about, correct? Yeah, we. I, I think you're making an interesting point, and that's super vital because, you know, I don't want to in any way diss the foster adoption systems. We absolutely need those services, but what's happening in Buncombe County and across the state is that 70% of the children in Buncombe County that go into foster care go in because of neglect, not abuse. And neglect, usually a parent falls under the category of 
the literally quote unquote inability to cope. It's just a single parent who cannot do all of it by themselves. And so that's 70% of the kids that are going into the Buncombe County system are experiencing socioeconomic hardship. You know, their parents just don't have the support that they need. And that is a tragedy, you know. Um, I think that's something that the church can, we can make a meaningful difference. Even if we just affect one family at a time, that's, that's a huge difference in someone's life, whether or not they get to, their family gets to stay intact. Yeah, so I think one of the one of the ways that's sort of helpful for me to think about this um, to make sure that people understand that there is a need for fostering adoption is it's it's almost like a sinking ship, right? I mean, if there's a hole in the boat and water's coming in, then yeah, you need to get the water out of the boat, um, and it's that's to me that's kind of like the foster care and adoption. You've got the buckets and you're tossing the water overboard and. You need more people, as many people as possible to toss the water overboard. But if you don't plug the hole to keep the water from coming in, you're, you're never going to be able to get ahead of it. And for me, a ministry like Alongside Families Respite Care is saying, okay, let's plug the hole so that way the people that are getting the water out of the ship, um, out of the boat, can catch up, right? And, and that's, right, that's yeah. really the way you end child homelessness is by plugging the hole. And so this respite care is a front-end ministry. I don't know how you feel about that illustration, if, if that's helpful Oh, yeah, I feel like accurate. that's super accurate. And we, um, the illustration I like to use is similar, but it's like a waterfall. You know, we're, we're really trying to go upstream mm. and prevent our families from experiencing that waterfall because it is very traumatic for a child to be taken away from their parent, and it can have lasting effects. Um, the research shows that children who live with what they call marginal parents actually have much better outcomes than children who are forcibly removed into foster care. And so I think, you know, just seeing the outcomes of foster care, our system is absolutely overrun in Buncombe County. There are way too many foster kids just and not enough foster parents, like you're saying. But we believe in alongside families that a lot of that is preventable. You know, but but like you said, the church, we don't get a call when the needs come in, right? Our churches don't have an, a phone to pick up and say, oh, there's a need. Well, let's organize around that. So that's what Alongside Families is. We're that place in the community where, you know, organizations or different ministries can refer parents to us. And then we, in turn, inform our churches about it. And we we have an organizational plan, you know, we have a group, a team of people, no one's ever serving alone, even a host family is absolutely not alone, there's someone working with the parent, there's someone um, supporting the host family, so, you know, typically when a parent, like uh, we had a, a mom in Charlotte who was about to be homeless, she, her, her, the house that she was renting was being sold, and she couldn't find a place to live because the rental market is really bad. She had three children. She was just devastated and, you know, in tears, call alongside families. They found a place for um, her and her children. Someone hosted them all for a little while until we could find host families for the kids. And then so mom could get back on her feet. Well, alongside families has been walking with that mom for two years now. And over 18 different volunteers have been part of her life. So I just I do want to point that out that a lot of what we do is is all team based. You don't bear the responsibility all by yourself. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about it is in watching it happening here in Asheville, I'm seeing the gifts that God has given people being utilized and seeing them come to life 
you know, um, so it's been a really awesome experience to watch, you know, God's people. Like, I'm not doing the ministry. It's the it's the people in our churches that are doing it. And it's a beautiful thing to see and in, in power. So yeah, so I mean it's an opportunity, you know, you talk about going upstream um or plugging the hole in the side of the boat, whatever the case is. Um obviously we're we're making the point here that there's ways to get involved that may not be as demand as long as as demanding long term. I'm not gonna say that this isn't a demanding um, responsibility, but, but hopefully not as long-term, um, because the goal is obviously reunification. It's to get the, get the mother, the father, the mother and the father, um, help them sort of get on their feet, get things figured out, um, so that they can become the parent that the child needs. Um, again, we've sort of thrown around this term respite care, um, and, and that's really just a, I think the encompassing term of what we're talking about. So, would you care to maybe at least attempt to, to give that some sort of definition or framework of when, when the church hears us use the term respite care, what do we really mean by that? Yeah, so alongside families, we do crisis care and we also do respite care. So sometimes a parent is experiencing a crisis, like they're about to be homeless. You know, right now in Buncombe County, if a parent is about to be homeless, they will probably couch surf or live in a car, or, you know, it's possible that their children may end up in some sketchy situations because the parent wants to keep them, right? They don't want DSS to know <laughs> that they're homeless. And so, you know, there's some dangers there. And so we prevent child abuse and neglect by offering an alternative. So in Charlotte, moms are calling saying, I'm going to be homeless in a week. Can you help me find a safe place for my children so that I can get back on my feet? And that's really the crisis care aspect of it. Um, we also do respite care, which is, you know, there are several ministries in town that have a transitional living program, which is basically like Transformation Village or Hope for Tomorrow in Swannanoa. They are places where homeless mothers and their children can live for an 18 to 24 month period. And so alongside families also partners with um, agencies like that to give a single parent who lives most of the time in one room with their kids at all times, unless they're working or working on their curriculum, you know, they're always with their kids. And so our families, our host families are stepping up to give a mother maybe a once a month weekend respite where she could actually be a human, you know, <laughs> maybe go take a nap. Like that'd be great. So, um, you know, I have children of my own and I cannot imagine not having another, a partner to do this with. And so, um, and that's our way to get to know these moms. So yeah. in Buncombe County, we're funding, the church is funding Transformation Village. We're funding Hope for Tomorrow, but we don't know any of the women and children that live there. And so I think this is a great opportunity for us to get connected with the people we're already serving in a gospel way, right? And we have the opportunity to share Jesus with them as we get, grow in relationship. So a lot of what we do, even the crisis hosting, it's not, the crisis hosting is not the end goal. Mm -hmm. The crisis hosting is so that we can meet you and show you that there are people that care, that are trustworthy, that will support you during life. And so that's where the relationship begins, but that's not the end. So our goal is always long-term relationship. 
And in Charlotte, they have had, you know, they've been there for five years. They have friendships with moms for five years. You know, they have been walking alongside and helping these moms in every way possible. And the testimonies are just amazing. So I think, um, I also want to say that there's a place for everybody. Even if you don't want to host a child, there are a lot of ways to get involved. So um, there are coaching roles for a parent. There are coaching roles for a host family. You could just bring a meal. You know, you can donate some diapers. A lot of times our moms need moving help or they need help with their resume. Maybe they need um, someone who can walk them through an application process. Maybe they're dyslexic and they can't fill out a single application by themselves. We just ran into that this week where, you know, can you imagine <laughs> like not being able to fill out an application correctly? So you just need sometimes a mom just needs somebody who can help her with stuff like that, you know? And so it's not, it doesn't always involve a hosting, the support that we offer. A lot of times it's just friendship and we have a, um, a relationship with MAPS, Mountaineering Pregnancy Services, where we have the opportunity for our volunteers to walk alongside pregnant mamas too, to even get further up the stream yeah. before the child's even born, you know, when we have a relationship with mom. So there's a lot of different ways that uh, the church can contribute. And I know that from hearing the stories in Charlotte that this is a fatherless generation. There are most of the women most of the people that we have the privilege to serve are women, are single mothers, and they are desperate for a man to come alongside their son and show him what it means to be a man. You know, I, um, our executive director just hosted a child and her mother was on the phone just saying, please, please, please stay in his life. Like, because he really bonded with her husband, mm -hmm. please stay in his life. He needs somebody, you know, <laughs> Yeah. And I think that's, um, it's a huge calling for women to walk alongside women, but it's also a huge calling for men to walk alongside these young men, young boys who don't have fathers. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, you know, if you're from Locust Grove and you're listening and you keep hearing this word relationship come up time and time again, I hope that you're relating that to discipleship. I mean, we, we have a, we've placed a huge emphasis on personal one-on-one -on -one discipleship relationships. It's something that we're accountable for. If you're in small group every week, um, we're, we're going around the table and we're sharing about whether or not we've been able to engage in one-on-one -on -one discipleship. And man, one of the things that we hear a lot is it's, it's just tough um, because, you know, a lot of us are, you know, we're, we're in our routines and we're sort of in our own little world. And it's, you know, the, the people that we work with, that we live near, it's either like they're already believers or they're not believers. And, you know, we've shared the gospel with them at nauseum. And so it's like, well, how do I come into contact with these new people? And it, it can be tough. And you're probably not going to if you don't eat breakfast at different places or uh, sort of insert yourself in new context. But to me, this is just a really easy way where it's not that you have to get far out of your comfort zone and go seek someone out. It's actually, well, alongside families is calling us with opportunities for you to get involved in one-on-one -on -one discipleship. And, you know, this intervention, this, whether it's, whether it's a crisis situation, whether it's a respite care situation, one thing that you pointed out early on that these, that these families really need that they don't have is a community. 
right? You said yes. a lot of these mothers are, all, are they're coming out of foster care themselves. They've been in the system themselves. So they either don't have a relationship with their biological family or maybe don't even know who they are. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so there's just nobody. There's nobody to call on when you have a dentist appointment. There's nobody to call on if you have an emergency and have to go somewhere. That's and right. So, we could give every mother in Buncombe County an apartment and a car and a job. And all it would take is her child to get sick for two weeks and she starts yeah. to lose all of it, you know, because yeah. she doesn't have anybody to call to help. Absolutely. And so, I mean, when you think about this, this is, you can say it's right or wrong. I think, I think it's maybe not all wrong, but a lot of times I think it hurts the church more than anything else. We sort of ask ourselves when we get involved in ministries, okay, well, like, what are we going to get out of it? <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, if we're, if we're going to send our money, if we're going to do this, if we're going to do that, then what's really going to be left to show for it? And to me, this alongside families is just a ministry where there's going to be something that's obvious to show for it. You know, there's going to be a family that you're able to bring into your community, get involved in your small groups, get involved in different ways that you're going to be able to rally around and support and you're you're going to be able to see this visible effect that it's had. It's not just sending money overseas. It's not just sending money to this ministry, or that ministry. Not that we shouldn't do that still, um, but if we're looking for for ways that we're going to we're, we're actually going to be able to lay our eyes on the impact that we're having, this seems like it. So, um, Amanda, let me. You've mentioned it. You've just mentioned it a little bit. Different ways to get involved, other than just like all the time hands-on with the family because even still I think people say okay so it's not it's not adoption where I'm going to have to commit the next 18 years to someone um, living in my home you know raising a child it's not even foster care where I think is the minimum commitment is kind of a year there right yeah with, with foster care um, but this does still seem like a commitment where I'm going to have I may have to be hands-on I may have to have a child in my home for a few days, a few months, and it's not that there's not a need there, but maybe maybe someone's listening to this and they're just saying, I'm just not at the age where I can do that, um, or my work schedule is just not going to be, my, my work schedule is probably just as bad as the mom's work schedule. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to help her, but I still want to be involved in this, so what are some of those, can you just go into some more details, like what are some of the support roles that people can play, even if we just have two or three families in our church that say, yeah, we're going to be a host family. The kids will be in our home. But what are some of the ways that these other families, individuals, maybe even elderly folks can be involved and say, hey, we, we want to support this family who's a host family in our church? Yeah, there are so many ways. Um, our host families, we always set up a meal train for them. So, I mean, if you even if you could cook a meal or send a, a gift card to DoorDash, you know, um, somehow um, a lot of times our host families maybe don't have the equipment they need. So maybe they need a high chair or maybe they need a, a baby bath, you know, contraption. So a lot of times it's a donations. You can make a, a lot of churches set up maybe a, a store of diapers and, you know, generally needed supplies that we can share. Um, and then, like I said, a lot of times the parents just need maybe moving help or they maybe need um, help on a one-off thing. So even if you're a mechanic and you could offer your services at a discounted rate to a single mom, we would love that. We need that, you know, 
or if you have an old car that you just don't drive anymore and you don't know what to do with it, you know, we'll take it. We have a mom that needs it, you know? So um, there are so many different ways. If you can think it, well, you know, we need it. It's all the gifts of the body working together. Um, I do want to challenge. I just want to put the call out to the church, you know, the, yes, we're busy. We're so busy. Are we about our father's business? You know, and that's, that's what I've been seeing and, and, just really convicted about like, who's going after the lost sheep, you know, who's, who's going after them. And I think the answer is relatively few people. And so I, I really pray that the Holy spirit would change us and mold us into the abundant life, you know, because to be honest, our busyness is not always satisfying, right? We're stressed out to the max. I mean, you can see the, the result that this lifestyle and this culture is having on us in physical ways. And so I think, you know, I just want to put the call out to the church to be the body of Christ and to engage in a, in something sacrificial and see the joy that comes from it. You know, Jesus endured the cross for the joy set before him. And I know that there's joy set before you in this endeavor when you put yourself out there to serve. So. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. We, uh, we allow our business to get in the way of the father's business far too much. And, um, I think the, the investment that we make in the father's business pays back 70 fold, um, the investment that we make in our own business. And so it will be worth your while to be involved in this ministry to whatever extent you can be involved in this ministry. You said the magic, one of the magic words, um, there in those ways to get involved, the meal train. Uh, the the meal train is a yes. spiritual gift, I believe, of Locust Grove Baptist Church. We were oh, beneficiaries perfect. of the meal train when we had when we had our youngest Hayden uh, back in January. Uh, they they set up a meal train for us, and uh, man, it just it just works good. We've done that a couple times for families in the church, and so hey, right there is a super easy way to get involved, and in a very helpful way, also just for the church's sake. Uh, one of the things we're thinking about doing, I've not talked to Amanda about this. So Amanda, if it's a bad idea, just wait till we're done recording. Tell me it's a bad idea. Uh, but one of the things we're thinking about doing is actually opening up um, a, a fund here at the church for people to be able to give towards our alongside families ministry. And so you talked about collecting diapers. Um, we'll, we'll probably just open that up for you to be able to give $10, $20, $200, however much it is into that fund. And then, uh, whenever host families or families um, in our church or that are doing this ministry have a need, uh, we can we can sort of pool our money together to help buy those things that they need for the baby. Um, maybe even to help a mother with, you know, I, I was just as you were talking about that, you know, maybe maybe they've got a child that's got to have some dental work done. You know, we had a kid that just had to have one of our children just had to have some dental work done. And it was like three thousand bucks. Yeah, and, it's uh, crazy. I mean, we're thankful, you know, we're thankful that we can be able to, to do that and provide for him, but these mothers probably aren't going to be able to do that. And so maybe, yeah. maybe the church can come alongside and, and help her with that. And so um, there's just going to be a lot of ways to get involved. Um, of course, financially, we, we want as many people as possible involved hands-on because you hear Amanda talk, it's about relationships. And yes, there'll be a relationship with the host family, but the more relationships that this mother maybe even father, if that's the case, can have the better chance of success that they're going to have. And so we want you involved as hands-on as you can be, but that, 
that may not mean that you have to have a child, you know, in your home for three or four days. It may just mean spending a couple hours a week with the child or a couple hours a month with the parent. That's right. Yeah. And I think that's a super huge draw to this kind of ministry too, is that we typically know how long the hosting is going to last in the beginning. And so you can commit to this time frame, and you know, okay, I can serve for three months. And then when three months is done, you're done. You know, you don't have to sign up for the rest of your life or the rest of the year. And then you can jump back in when it's convenient for you and your family again. Yeah. 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 Some great opportunities, um, even opportunities just to get involved and and teach, teach some moms some life skills that will help them, you know, the rest of their life. You mentioned the applications, but even just even things, you know, I'm thinking about here in Western North Carolina, you know, a lot of people still can. And so maybe teaching a mother how to, how to can. And then that way, if things are, uh, things are hit and miss financially, still going to have a way to preserve food and uh, be able to care for themselves. And so just a lot of ways that we can think of. It's, it's, it's simpler than you think, you know, we're serving a mom right now who does not know how to drive. Mm -hmm. So she needs someone to teach her how to drive. You know, she does never opened a bank account before she doesn't have one. And so it's someone helping her open a bank account. I mean, I think the ways to get involved are just so many that I can never spell them all out here, but it's just really practical things that we all take for granted, but we could absolutely help someone else do. Absolutely. Well, we talk about the fields being white for harvest um, here a lot and to pray for laborers to go into the harvest. And here is certainly something where we need to be praying for families, um, for people to step up and be laborers in the harvest. Um, but hey, maybe God doesn't just want you to pray for laborers in the harvest. Maybe he wants you to be a laborer in this harvest. So Amanda, thank you for spending a little bit of time with us again this week. And hopefully <laughs> everybody will actually be able to hear this interview. And uh, and we'll look forward to seeing you on Sunday night at, uh, at 530. Um, you guys have heard just a little bit about what Alongside Families is. There'll be more information on Sunday night. But Amanda will be here to answer all of your uh, questions about anything that you might have, whatever, whatever, at whatever level you think you can be involved. Um, she'll be here to answer those questions and we'll be ready to get this ministry rolling here at Locust Grove. So Amanda, thank you again. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. God bless Absolutely. y'all. See you Sunday. <laughs> See you Sunday. Thank you for listening to the Locust Grove podcast. We want to remind you to like and subscribe to the podcast so that you will be notified anytime we post a new episode. We pray that you have been encouraged and challenged by what you have heard in today's episode, and we look forward to joining with you again next week.